0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. I'm joined by Justin Wells. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. We're always bringing Texas football content throughout the offseason. And this part of the offseason, you'll find, is power ranking season. Not only does ESPN have some of theirs, but on three, Jesse Simonton, the national football columnist, is starting to rank some position groups. The Longhorns have some uh, groups that rank pretty highly and some of the ones that he has gone through already, but make sure you head to Inside Texas with InsideTexas.com, the best source for Texas Longhorns recruiting team anything coverage. You can get access up until August 31st for just $29.99, a great deal. Get you all the way up until the season, and you're going to want to stick around. So, Justin, power ranking season. We're that means we're almost to talking season which starts in about, I don't know, maybe late June after the recruiting's all done. The magazine
1: previews come out.
0: They're kind of one and the same. And Jesse, who uh, I enjoy reading his stuff a lot, national guy for on three, is starting to rank position groups. And, of course, he started with quarterback. And so I don't know if you saw the article, but where do you think Texas, as a whole quarterback room, ranks in, in Jesse's rankings? Where would I guess? I would say
1: somewhere in the top five. I don't think it would be at the very top. Um, I don't think that would be the case. I think I think USC would probably be, if you were asking, my guess would be USC would be one of the top two schools. Um, man, Ohio State, they may be up there as well. Uh that's a good question, man. I, but I do think Texas would be maybe four or five, definitely in the top definitely in the top five from a talent standpoint.
0: So you're right about them being in the top five. You're right about USC being number one. You return the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. You're- and
1: then you sign Malachi no. Nelson, yeah.
0: Yeah. Texas was number three. So really? Jesse no. thought that Je- uh, Texas had the number three quarterback room in the country, of course, when you got Quinn Ewers. Uh, a lot of hype coming off of Malik Murphy's performance in the spring game yeah. and then of course Arch Manning um who is just going to draw a bunch of rave reviews but number 2 I'm I'm curious what you think about this one and honestly the more that I think about it the more that I actually agree that you know of the you know number 1's clear cut Caleb Williams Heisman you know He's going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. Yeah. Number three, Texas. A lot of potential, but a lot of potential. Number yeah. two, do you have a guess? It's And Ohio State is not even on this list. So who do man, you think? Man, times have
1: changed. If Ohio State's not all of this, I mean, every quarterback that's went through there in the last five years has gone in the first round. <laughs> so I, that was just an educated guess. I'm a little surprised by that. Um, man, man. I don't want to take too long, but I want to get this right. Um God dang it. Man, I don't
0: know. It's don't the know. LSU Tigers. Well Brian Kelly, uh, okay. coaching Jaden Daniels and Gary. Okay, who's so those, who's those those two guys ever. that have played a good amount of football in their career? Jaden Daniels at Arizona State. And Nussmeyer played, you know, obviously last year, Daniels winning the SEC West going to the much. Nussmeyer's played, I think, about 10 games total in his career. And I think he's a third year guy. So, and they were worried were, about losing him
1: at the end of spring, if you'll remember.
0: Right. And I remember, uh, I think it was Shea Dixon was told yeah. by Nussmeyer he's sticking around. But, you know, what do you think that means that Texas is behind? USC with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and then LSU, uh, the reigning SEC West champions with two guys who have played a lot of games with basically three quarterbacks with eight games of experience between them. I think,
1: you know, I think my, our boys over at the ten Bengal games. Tiger. Ten I, games. I, what's
0: that? I think it's ten games. Yeah.
1: I think our boys, Billy Embody and Shay Dixon, I think they had some influence on this decision. I'm just joking, guys. Those those are good. Billy, those are great guys over there. Uh, Be sure and check those guys out on three. Um, I think Jaden Daniels got better over the course of the season last year. I think Brian Kelly, while he's not a culture fit per se in Baton Rouge, he's a winning football coach in the college level, at every level. And I think he's getting the most out of those guys. But Nussmeier sticking around is huge because I think Garrett could come in and start in a pinch easily, and I think he's at that stage where he's ready to take starter reps and and take on that responsibility. He just has to wait his turn behind Daniels. I get it because of the experience standpoint. I kind of get it. But if we were basing it off of production, I'd say, okay, probably so. If we're basing these rooms off of ceiling, potential, You know, down the road potential. I I think it's Texas by a mile uh, because I don't see Jaden Daniels or Garrett Nussmeyer going in the first round in the next three or four drafts, unless something drastically changes. Outside of Jamarcus Russell, I can't remember the last LSU quarterback uh, that 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 went early in a draft. Um, And so, except for the the Joe Burrow man, and so uh, yeah, I got I got to throw him in there because he's he's the man. Um, But I can, I can make a case for Quinn Ewers going in the first round next year, as can every other mock draft that's been published in the last few days. You can make a case for Malik Murphy being a starter in possibly 20, 30% of the schools in this country uh, at Division I level. And then Arch Manning, you know, if he just stays the course, there's a chance that, that he could be a first-round pick three or four, five years down the road. Uh, there's, a, there's a trend in that family of that, of course. And so I, I like that list. It's always good for conversation. It's always good, for, you know, to kind of fill out opinions. You're never right or wrong. It sounds like Jesse did a tremendous job with on three on that list, but I'd probably put Texas over LSU because that, and that's just from a ceiling and long-term production standpoint, because so here's, I- my, here's my guess. Quinn Ewers out throws both Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer, their best years at LSU over the next year to two, three years, aren't going to touch what Quinn Ewers does in 2023.
0: So I think, I think you got and a it's point. It's not a passing
1: conducive offense either.
0: Right. In and 20 I, 20 I, I think he got a point, but I think you'll see maybe that they believe in the potential of all three of the Texas quarterbacks. When you look at who number four is, and it's North Carolina, North Carolina has Drake May. That, that's, that's it. That's most of it. That's it. Pretty much. If when May went down or was dinged up, that that's that the second changed. quarterback
1: pick next year.
0: That season changed a lot for the Tar Heels. But I think that shows that you have that room, that entire room. And there's a great picture uh, we have. It uh, Will Gallagher, I believe, took, and if not, it was probably Tim Warner of Getty Images took. Um, it's got Arch and then Malik and then Quinn, and in the background you see Sark, and he's got a huge smile really? on his face. Yeah. You I think that that's out. A, I remember you pointing that out. I think that's a great, you know, picture that just illustrates what this room has. Is that some of these rooms, like you know, North Carolina, they have Drake May, but they don't have the second guy or the third guy. Oklahoma was five, and I kind of get that serviceable guy with um, that's more Dylan Jackson Gabriel. Arnold. Jackson Arnold has a lot of potential. Plus, they have I guess that shows general that the, 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 the potential that Texas has is so high, plus, the level of play already shown by Quinn. Is at a decent enough level yeah. to where Good point. it's considered one of the top quarterback rooms in the country. The Longhorns didn't make the uh, the running back list. Uh, I missed after
1: last year. They probably were in the top three.
0: They probably should have been number one or two last year. Uh, that'll go to Michigan when they have a uh, like Quorum, Quorum, uh, Donovan Edwards, Alabama, Penn State, Ohio State. Texas didn't make that list. They did make the receiver re- list. Where do you think they finished? And maybe you already know because you saw what I wrote on Inside Texas earlier. Okay. Where do you think the Longhorns finished as far as having the top receiving rooms in the country?
1: Obviously, last year, they, they weren't anywhere near the top 10 or 20, um, and that room needed to be refurbished. So Sarg did that. And he also brought in an NFL-caliber wide receiver coach and Chris Jackson, who's got skins on the wall. Instantly, that room got better. Then Jonte Cook and, and DeAndre Moore enrolled early, got an injection of youth and talent. Then A.D. Mitchell shows up. Now you got that outside guy to drag the field i uh, take the safety over. Um, I'd say because there's some really good wide receiver rooms and Texas. Is, doesn't besides Xavier worthy and maybe a reliable Jordan Winnington with healthy. It's still potential based. I know Mitchell had some production at Georgia, but it's not been seen in Austin yet. So I'd say they're probably five, six or seven. Whereas last year, they probably weren't. They they're, 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 guarantee you they weren't on this list. And this year, I'd put them in the five, six, seven range, probably. Um, I'm trying to think who I would have as the best. Ohio State's got to be at one of the top schools.
0: So here you go. You're out. Ohio State, number one. Texas, number two. That's how high Jesse thinks of this wide receiver group. He goes, if not for Ohio State, like you mentioned, the Longhorns would have the best receiver core in 2023 with that dynamic trio of Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, and Jordan Whittington, and he calls Worthy a future first-round pick. Uh, I think on three, thinks a lot higher of uh, Xavier Worthy than maybe some Texas fans who watched a ton of his play last year think of him, especially after it was revealed to everybody that he was playing through a broken hand. I think that has to temper a lot of what your thoughts about the 2022 season were for Worthy, who still led the team in catches. Uh, who still, you know, had I think what seven touchdowns, something like that. Still had six hundred something yards, but he did have those drops, very obvious, and, you and know, drew serious coverage. Yeah. And drew serious coverage. Uh, so they think highly of him. I think highly of him. He's a first-round pick. Steve Sarkeesian thinks highly of him. But now you add Jordan Whittington, who, thanks to AD Mitchell and maybe even a, a healthy Isaiah Nayor, is going to be able to be at home in the slot, which is where he needs to be. Jordan Winnington is good at a lot of things. Beating press coverage really isn't one of them. And a lot of times in those 12 personnel looks, they were able to maybe not press, but play closer coverage than if he were truly in the slot last year. A.D. Mitchell, like you mentioned, that's a guy who big play, uh, big play guy, um, touchdown in all four playoff games that he's been in, even while injured most of last year for Georgia. As soon as he he was pretty much back healthy, back in the starting lineup. So that's a top three right there that's really talented. You hope you get something from Isaiah Nayor. He mentioned John Tate Cook. You mentioned DeAndre Moore. That's somebody that uh, Jesse didn't bring up. Also, somebody else not brought up, Casey Kane. I mean, I think that A.D. Mitchell is definitely going to be the guy who rises to the top uh, at, at, over the course of fall camp. But Casey Kane is, you know, he, he ended last year really well. Uh, with a great statistical line, helped by a hail mary and some really good plays in the bowl game, right? Um, that's someone who would probably start at a couple teams in the Big Twelve or for several Power Five teams, and that could be the guy who is your your backup X wide receiver this year. So Texas number two again, LSU there they are number three, Washington, which we as uh, after watching the Alamo Bowl we know real well with Romo Dunze, Jalen McMillan and. Jalen Polk, your guy. My boy. Um, and even USC, they still have Mario Williams, uh, Brendan Rice, and Taj Washington. Plus, they brought Arizona's in that top
1: receiver branch, right? Zachariah category?
0: Branch and Makai yeah. Lemon. So, uh, definitely a good crew um, there at wide receiver for all those teams. But Texas, according to Jesse, the number two wide receiver group in the country. Last power ranking that at least we saw. Over the course of the past couple days, ESPN put out their college football top twenty-five preseason power rankings. Uh, I will go ahead and go through twenty-five to where Texas ends up. Twenty-five, Wisconsin, new head coach. Twenty-four, Kentucky. Twenty-three, UTSA. Twenty-two, and this is not a UTSA oh, hat, by the way. Even though it's it a looks what? Like one. It's not a UTSA hat, by the way. Even though what it is looks that? like one. It's a golf course in Arizona. 22, Ole Miss. 21, North Carolina. 20, Texas Tech. 19, the Tulane Green Wave. 18, Kansas State. So that's two Big 12 teams. 17, Oregon State with DJU. 16, TCU. 15, the Oregon Ducks. 14, the Utah Utes. 13, Notre Dame. 12, Washington. 11, Tennessee. And above Tennessee is the real UT, Texas Longhorns at number 10. And so, Justin, one of the interesting things about this is I think you'll notice that they, the previous edition of these top 25 power rankings, the Longhorns were 16th. There weren't a ton, of aside from A.D. Mitchell, there weren't a ton of changes based off the last time ESPN would have done this. So they probably, I think, did this in February. The class had signed. You know, they knew Jonte Cook was coming in. But now after the portal after the portal window and with the addition of A.D. Mitchell and holding on, all, holding on to pretty much everybody, I do wonder if that's what helped the Longhorns move up six spots while Tennessee dropped one and Washington dropped one and Notre Dame dropped one and Utah dropped one and Oregon dropped a few as well. So I wonder if that's part of the reason why this great offseason with a lot of continuity – you'll see a lot of the, on inside Texas in the next couple of days, stories about that, that this offseason led to the Longhorns getting more and more expectations and moving up to 10 in a non stats, non advanced analytics power rankings in a sports writer watching it, you know, group of ESPN writers watching it and making their call.
1: You know, I, I think it's a, it's a handful of things to be honest. Um, it's surprising a little bit. I don't know if I would have had them in the top 10. Maybe from a talent standpoint, that's that that's legit. They probably have a top 10 talented roster. But I can't get past the fact they lost potentially three of their best five players on the team last year. And we still don't know the residual effects of Bijan Robinson no longer toting the rock in Austin. We don't know what that offense is going to – we have an idea but we don't really know yet what the offense is going to look like it's going to be a little bit different and so that that actually that to me shows that it kind of correlates with something you had wrote and something you'd seen when Sark was in Houston talking about this feels like his team this feels like like he's got his guys and this feels like the and there's also that we've reported that hidden confidence behind the scenes from some of these coaches that they're not saying a whole lot but man they love the cards that they've drawn going with this hand into this season. And so to me, I feel like it's a lot of returning starters on both sides of the ball. Yes, you lose Bijan, you lose Rashawn Johnson, you lose DeMarvion Overshone, you lose two very uh, important components of the defensive line in Keandre Coburn and, and Moro Ojomo, but man, everywhere else, they're coming back and Xavier Worthy's healthy and Ad Mitchell has something to prove. And Jordan Whittington's going on that wants to go out with a bang in that last season. He wants to return uh, to Arlington for that Big 12 championship, the site where he broke the all-time Texas State championship rushing record. Um, There's just so many things, and then you've got Jatavian Sanders and 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 the the tight ends. And I guess I can see that from a talent standpoint, but I guess we've seen that before a few times over the last decade where Texas came in with high expectations and either met them in 2018 or didn't make them in basically virtually every other year. I'm thinking that's what they're basing it off of because, and we talked about this. I talked about this on the air earlier or yesterday at one on 104.9. Um, this group, you know, five, what five, six guys got drafted this year. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's, that's, that's kind of a shift in Texas going back to getting guys picked and that helps in recruiting and that funds that really funnels down throughout the program and in the university, they're probably going to have more drafted next year. And that to me is just another feather in their cap for, for recruiting, for development, for culture, for buy-in, especially if they have a good season this year. And so, I, I can kind of see top ten from a talent standpoint. We, you know, they've got dudes everywhere. I'm still worried about running back. I'm not worried about Jonathan Brooks or Cedric or C.J. Baxter or Savion Red or you know in, in, or Keelan, Keelan Robinson or any of those guys. I'm not worried about those guys. Trey Wisner, when he gets on campus in June, I'm worried that there's not a stepped-up Bijan guy yet. There's not a clear-cut, you're the guy. It's more of like an NFL-by-committee type look right now. And so that's my only apprehension and them being in that top 10. And and, and, and you know, Sartre, I think he mentioned this a few times over the last year or so, a couple of years that we've been covering him. He seems to always have a 1,000-yard rusher. I think he had mentioned, like, he likes having that one guy or, or a group of guys that, you know, can get to that threshold. And obviously he had that with Bijan for two years. And so I, I, I'll buy into it. I, I think they're in that top 10 range. I, I think a lot of it is also – they're building that roster to get ready for the SEC in 2024. And by that, by default, you're stacking talent. You've signed a top five class after a losing record. You signed a top three class after a six-game improvement the next year. If they this trend keeps going and they keep playing well in 2023, those expectations are only going to be ramped up. And then we're talk, we'll be talking about potentially a top five roster but we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. They've jumped from 16 to 10. Let's see how they do in that next jump.
0: I'm with you. I think it's a fair assessment. It's top 10. It's a hyped-up team with a lot of good portal pieces and two really highly-rated recruiting classes that haven't left yet that's deep in the right areas. So just got to put it all together, and that's something we'll be writing about extensively over on Inside Texas. So we talk quarterback, we talk wide receiver, I wonder if we'll see any more power rankings from maybe Jesse Simonton and his crew in the next couple days. But, Justin, I think that's about good for this Thursday morning. Anything else on your end? No. Just be sure and come to hang out
1: with us at InsideTexas.com. It's always a good time. We put up stuff left and right. It's content central day in and day out. And this is a fun time. It's May. This is power ranking season, so this is a lot of the opinions, the hot takes, uh, the good discussion-driven stuff right now, not to mention – Recruiting is 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 still getting in full effect. You've got Texas coaches on the road. You've got inside Texas guys on the road. I'll be on the road later today. Jerry Hamilton's been in Florida for the last couple of days. That man lives on the road. Come hang out with us. Come see us. It's always a good time. We got the best community in the market, hands down. And of course, we've got a badass publisher and Eric Nolene and a badass managing editor and Joe Cook.
0: Appreciate you. We got a badass recruiting analyst and Justin Wells and badasses all around. So. Thank you so much. Thank you to Matthew Hutchinson, our producer. For Justin, I am Joe Cook. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.